So how do we start? If they're only going to remember one thing, what should they remember? Well, be kind, be nice out there, because as soon as you start to you know, go off on people, then everything goes off the rails. Welcome to Trail Effect episode 40. I am your host, Josh Blum. Trail Effect is a show that dives into the stories behind trails, the communities that embrace trails, and the people who rely on trails as a way of life. The goal of this show is to turn the stories you will hear from our guests into useful knowledge that can be applied to your community while providing some entertaining and inspirational content. Guests on Trail Effect include trail builders, board members, community leaders, volunteers, and regular people who really enjoy trails. For episode 40, we once again feature Dave Weens, the executive director of IMBA, who was also featured in episode 37. For this episode, we discuss the all-new campaign called Trails Are Common Ground. Trails Are Common Ground is a great example of pulling various trail user groups together with the common goal of creating great trail experiences for all. Take a listen to learn about what Trails Are Common Ground is all about. Support for Trail Effect comes from Smith's Bike Shop in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Smith's is a full-service bike shop that is a retailer for Trek Bicycle Company and Salsa Cycles. Smith's also has a full line of components and accessories from Bontrager and other various companies. For more information about Smith's Bike Shop, go to www.smithsbikes.com. Special thanks goes out to Ben Walenek of Mountain Bike Radio for supporting this podcast and to the people who have shared their time and knowledge. Without this, we would not have these stories to tell. This podcast is an Evolution Trail Services production. For more information about Evolution Trail Services, go to www.evotrails.com. So here we are with Trail Effect. I have Dave Weens once again. Dave Weens, the executive director of IMBA, the International Mountain Biking Association, is here. But we're here to talk about Trails Are Common Ground, which is an initiative that Dave is, has spearheaded and, and brought a whole bunch of other people into the fold on. So how's it going today, Dave? It's going great, Josh. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah. Well, it wasn't too long after our last interview when I saw Trails Are Common Ground come across my radar on, it was on Instagram, actually. And I noticed that Imbo was heavily involved with it. And I, so I reached out to Mike Repiak, a personal friend of mine, and I said, who should I talk to? And he said, you really got to reach back out to Dave. So here we are. And then I did watch the, uh, the program you did last week with American Trails, which was a really good program to talk about Trails Are Common Ground as well. So let's hear about Trails Are Common Ground and how, how you kind of spearheaded this thing and who you brought into the fold. Yeah. Um, and, and I think this, this was happening everywhere there's always been you know those of us who are aware of trail etiquette and just how you know trail conflict is is a bummer any way you look at it whenever we're out and in my mind you know trails there there are two opportunities for great experience and the first is your experience on the trail does the trail satisfy what you're looking for and that's different if you're a hiker or a trail runner or a mountain biker or an equestrian as mountain bikers the trail is is absolutely central to our experience so for us, it's really important that we have, you know, a certain quality, a certain type of trail based on, you know, what we as individual mountain bikers like. And of course that, you know, there's an array of, of, of that too. But if we, if we go out and we have a great day on the trail, the trails are fantastic. We're super stoked. And then if we have a, a bad interaction with another mountain biker, a hiker, an equestrian, anything can happen out there that can really sour the experience. So if we're really trying to um, you know, be as certain as we can that everybody has a great experience out there. We need to satisfy the, 
the experience piece on the trail and then minimize conflict with other users. And, you know, that combination is really powerful. So um, we've always heard about trail conflict here and there, but, uh, and I think we were, we were hearing more about it as trails became busier, more people understanding the benefit of, of hiking, trail running, mountain biking, riding horses, the whole nine. And then the pandemic came along, the stay at home orders forced so many people out into local trails and they became very crowded. And a lot of those people that went out there said, Hey, I like this. This is, this is cool. I want to continue to do this. So it just put that many more people into, you know, a finite space. And one thing we've done with Trails Our Common Ground is we've really limited it to, you know, natural surface, single track trails. We're not talking about, you know, big, wide rail trails or bike paths or things like that. Although a lot of the principles certainly apply, it's more those narrow trails where it's essentially a single lane road. Um, and I know in some places, trails are wider and there's plenty of room, you know, if two bikes can even get around each other without too much of a struggle. But in a lot of places, single track is single track. And you just have one, you know, person who's going to be on the trail at a time. And you've got issues of yielding and, and who yields to who. And we're always, you know, as mountain bikers, of course, we're always debating that. Should the uphill rider really yield? Is it, wouldn't it be easier? Anyway, we won't even get into that right now. But that whole piece really became a lot more acute during the pandemic with so many more people on the trails. And um, at that same time, you know, other things were happening, the technology thing, you've got virtual racing, you know, Strava and apps like that. Um, but you hear a lot of, of, of people talking about, you've got earbuds. It seems like, you know, a lot of the people on the trail have their earbuds in and, um, you know, some of them are essentially deaf. They can't hear because either the music's too loud or the podcast's too loud. You know, there's, there's, you know, dogs off leashes on the trails, um, getting back to technology, e-bikes are, are certainly, you know, e-bikes were a ghost for many years. We talked about them, we debated about them, we argued about them, we fought about them, but they really weren't on the trails yet. Now, e-bikes are a thing and they're out on the trails. So just another example of how technology kind of changes the, the environment a little bit. And as you know, e-bikes are, are perfectly, class one e-bikes are perfectly accepted on some trail systems. And, um, you know, not as much on others. And that, 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 uh, that topic goes on. But we just felt like it was a really interesting time to try to, um, instead of being siloed as runners, uh, walkers, mountain bikers, equestrians, and if we could all come together and see what we couldn't come up with collectively. So we started to assemble um, folks from the hiking community and the trail running community, um, obviously mountain bikers, uh, equestrians. And um, motorized single single track motorized users too, and uh, created this great working group that had about you know 20 people participating. We we really tried to find as many diverse voices as we could find too, because very quickly, um, you know, one of the topics that continued to come up was how can we make trails, you know, more welcoming and safe for all people, and you know, getting more diverse populations into the outdoors seeing more people of color represented at trailheads, on mountain bikes, hiking, uh, riding horses, riding motos, uh, trail running, uh, the whole nine. So that quickly became part of the conversation. And, um, you know, we were able to bring a few organizations like Latino Outdoors has been involved. Navajo Yes uh, from the Navajo Nation has been involved. And we certainly extended invitations um, further than that. But a lot of those organizations are being, um, you know, since the George Floyd um, situation, they've been, you know, 
their resources are tapped. Everybody wants a, a little, a little, you know, piece of them. So as we move forward, we'll be able to improve on that side of it, uh, the diversity side. That certainly became part of, of, uh, and in fact, you know, probably our leading edge is how can we make trails welcoming and safer for all people, and so that all people can reap the benefits that that you and I and others who use trails regularly. Um, and not just mountain bikers, you know, walking. There's people that just walk religiously and they do it for their mind and their body. The same thing that we do uh, as mountain bikers. Same thing with trail runners and um, certainly equestrians and motos are in the mix in, in some places, depending on where you're at. So that was was really important. And then at Emba, since we're, and you know, since you know Mike Repiak, you've had him on the podcast, you know the importance of trail design. And we really started to talk about that as being, so if it's, if it's, you know, DE&I, diversity, equity, and inclusion on trails, and then good trail etiquette, good educated base of trail users that all can interact together and, and know what to do in all these different situations. Um, and then that third piece is innovating the way we put trails together so that we can enhance everybody's experience, everybody, all the different user groups, um, while minimizing conflict. And that's something that's, that has happened in some places and continues to happen more and more. The example that we use a lot, and we just toured this trail system a few weeks ago, is Corner Canyon uh, in Draper City, Utah. Maybe I've talked about it before on the podcast, but, you know, 50 plus miles of a busy trail in, in, you know, suburban Salt Lake that is open to horses. It's open to trail runners, mountain bikers, and hikers. And the, what they've done in, in, in Imba, uh, one of our, our, you know, trail experts, a fellow named Joey Klein, who's been with us for over 20 years. He was on this over 10 years ago when he helped them lay out this system. He says, hey, you guys are going to have a lot of different users, so we should consider some pockets of, um, of separate use. So if you go to the, the Draper uh, City Trails at Corner Canyon, you might have sort of the access trail into the system, which is two-way traffic. And obviously, we always pay attention there um, as users. But then you'll have some hiking-only trails where mountain bikes aren't allowed and a hiker or a trail runner can go on that trail and, and maybe relax a little bit, not constantly be looking behind for someone over, overtaking them on a mountain bike. Likewise, they have uh, several mountain biking only trails that are directional and they're mountain bike optimized. So as a mountain biker, get yourself you know through the system to the point where you can then get to a trail where you can let your brakes go a little bit, relax your mind a little bit. doesn't mean you know you may not see the occasional person, you know wayward person coming up the trail, but for the most part, that that trail is set up as a directional mountain biking only trail, and you could take that sort of mindset or or style and apply it to a lot of different trails. There there are examples of of moto only trails in some places, OHV parks uh, around here in Gunnison Crested Butte. We share trails uh, with uh, with just about everybody for the most part. There are some non motorized trails where you're only going to see mountain bikes and um, hikers and runners. Of course, there's wilderness trails where you'll only see hikers and runners. Um, we have a lot of trails where you could see a, moto, a group of motos. You could see a horse. Um, you could see mountain bikers right all, all the way down to trail runners and hikers. So it, it's really important then that we're able to, to come together as a group and talk about these kinds of things. And interestingly enough, it really did that third tier, that planning piece really appeal to the other user groups a lot. It's not just mountain bikers going, we want our own trails. It's you know, some other user groups going, well, yeah, and, you know, you guys have your trails and we can have our trails too. And I know Susan and I, my wife, we, we do quite a bit of hiking and we won't go hiking on a busy mountain biking trail. You know, we'll find a different place to go uh, enjoy that experience because it's, it's, it's that much more enjoyable. And, 
as mountain bikers, we all know what it feels like to startle a runner or a hiker or even another mountain biker from behind. Even when you were, you know, 50 feet behind them and you're going their same speed, they're, you know, people are just kind of edgy on trails these days because of, of you know, how many people are on them. So if there's something that we could do to reduce that and to make uh, the trail experience better for everybody, it seems like it's, it's worth doing. And that was validated by this group who really uh, said, yes, we, sh- we need to go full, full on with the DE&I work. Yes, let's continue to, to educate trail users on, on etiquette. And yes, let's innovate trail systems where we can. It's not going to work everywhere. It's not going to be accepted everywhere. We're not going to be able to do it everywhere. But you know, more and more, we're, we're, we're given some blank canvases and say, being told, hey, lay out a community trail system for us here. And as Imba's focus is more trails close to home, we're getting more and more of those opportunities. So if we just if we just design a mountain biking system or a trail system where everybody shares everything in their both directions all the time, we're not really doing uh, the, the best that we possibly can when we could really dig into that system. And and this is what, you know, Mike and, and his team and, and other of the really good trail designers and planners are able to do is who all is going to use this? How are they going to use it? What are the trailheads? What is the terrain like? How can we assemble this thing so that everybody can can go there and have a fantastic experience? So, you know, that's a, a really compelling piece. But but that's the the sort of the third piece down. We're leading with with the DE and I work and also the, um, the the trail etiquette piece. Yeah. So one of the things that really strikes me with this is early on you talked about there's a lot of like kind of casual ideas we've been talking about it for years and one of the things we don't hear often is how that goes from idea to actual action so what steps did you guys take to actually take it from the idea of talking about it to putting it in action to doing the marketing behind it and getting it so you know like so someone like me who came across it just by chance on instagram you know how how you made that journey well at imba we we talked about it so much that we ultimately budgeted for it and we committed to it. We said, this is really important. We need to do this work. And, um, you know, that, that led to a few, a few initial to do's. And one of them was to create the, what we call the multi-user working group, which is bringing all these stakeholders together. And I certainly played a, a large role in that is contacting people. Some of my new, uh, Randy Rasmussen at the Backcountry Horseman, um, you know, different, different organizations around the country. Uh, some national, some some local, you know, Washington State, between Evergreen Mountain Bike Alliance and the Washington Trails Association, those are two organizations that are a state, they're state organizations, uh, Oregon Trail Association, I'm sorry, Washington Trail Association is primarily a hiking organization. These are two incredibly high-functioning organizations who have partnered together and with the motorized community and with equestrians and with land managers. I mean, their whole heritage is of partnerships working together, um, making progress. So we brought uh, organizations like that in for sure. And there's certainly organizations out there that we may have you know, not known about or didn't contact or I mean, we can only go so far, but we pulled together what we felt what, like was a pretty, pretty awesome group. And we have, I think we're on our 17th call tomorrow. So these started back in the spring. And then at the same time, since we had budgeted for it, we knew that we had to create a campaign so we pulled together our, our professional agencies, a creative agency, a media agency, and an agency that uh, specializes in social influencers. So that was sort of the nuts and bolts. The creative agency helped us come up with Trails Are Common Ground and the logo and all of that. Of course, 
there were a lot of different options and iterations and and that process was a a relatively you know challenging process at times and a long process but we we eventually got through it and then when we rolled out on August 19th obviously the media company has a, a large role to play there in getting placements and the creative agency also leads the sort of the social uh, social marketing campaigns, Instagram, Facebook, things like that. And then we're we're making good strides uh, with the social influencers as well. And this is not a, a sprint. This is a marathon. So when we say we launched, you know, a lot of times you envision a launch as this huge explosion. For us, it's more like, okay, we're getting started. We're out of the gates. And it's a you know 114-mile race, although this is actually a race that's never going to end. So since it was later in the year, you know, we'd really missed that peak trails time of, of April, May, June, but that's okay because this trail use is just going to go on forever. So we feel like this is a great opportunity for us to launch the campaign. We don't have all the answers. We've got a great banner to fly under, which is trails are common ground, but you know, we're going to be building this house for a long time. And that's the process that we're in right now is just, you know, slowly trying to, to gain support. Uh, make adjustments that need to be made as we as we learn what those are, um, and then our goal is really to to come out firing pretty strong next spring at peak trail season, and we'll have several months to to work to get to that point and and um, you know continue to refine and um, and strengthen the program. But I mean that that's the it, it seems pretty simplistic. There was more to it than that, but pulling together those elements uh, were really important. And then. Imba also did a mountain biking working group um, last sort of during the late winter. And that was really just kind of doubling down on making sure that our etiquette was was up to snuff. And, you know, how, how should we go about talking about mountain biking etiquette? And so our website is evolving even as we're having this conversation to reflect um, much of what we learned from the mountain bikers. And there's not a lot of new things out there. We didn't make any drastic changes, um, but certainly there's some, you know, E-mountain bikes are a, a new, a newer piece on the landscape, and we can, you know, consider that to be a completely separate use and something that should be completely different. Or we can say, hey, you know, for the most part, these these things are mountain bikes. Uh, there's a couple areas where they're different, and we can highlight those um, because you know what, the e-mountain bikes, love them or hate them, they're not going anywhere. There's a whole industry behind them, and people are loving them, and you know, they're on a lot of trails, and I can I could rattle off four or five areas where class one e-bikes are allowed everywhere that a mountain bike is. And, you know, unless we're missing something, we're not hearing about any, any terrible things happening in those places. Jefferson County open space, front range of the Denver metro area, super busy trail system. You've been able to ride a class one e-bike there anywhere a mountain bike can for, for a long time. Maricopa County trails in Arizona, uh, Northwest Arkansas, all the Bentonville trails. Um, there's numerous examples. Then there are places that are, are struggling with it more. And, um, and, you know, right up the road in Crested Butte, Class 1E mountain bikes are not allowed on the non-motorized trails, the Classics 403, 401, Deer Creek, um, the Grand Junction area, Moab, um, Park City. You know, they're just, you know, they're taking a different position right now. And, and Imba respects the, the local decision making there. So if, if a, a, a community and land managers can essentially decide that Class 1 are, are appropriate on their trails, we'll, we'll support them. Um, but likewise, if if um, they're not at that point yet, um, you know, we support that decision as well. But, you know, these are the kinds of things that are changing sort of the dynamics out on trails. Um, but more than anything, I think, is just the number of users. 
just the sheer volume of users. And I was having a conversation with one of our contacts up in Boise and uh, she's a, she's a, a her, her husband's a mountain biker and she's a hiker and she hikes every morning, you know, for, for fitness. And she said, you know, Dave, in the last year, year and a half, I'm getting off the trail probably on average 150 times during my walk for either mountain bikers or hikers or runners to either overtake me or to come past me. And, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of, you know, changing the experience for me a lot. And it makes me not want to go out as much. And likewise, my husband, he's a mountain biker. He just wants one trail where he can kind of let go of the brakes and, and ride his bike fast and not really worry about what's around every corner and, and what's over every knoll. And, um, you know, they're not alone, I don't think. And in, in that's, where, that's where we get back to the experience. You know, if you go out for a hike and you love to walk or trail run, but you're constantly having to, to, to dodge different people, different users of all kinds, including, you know, people doing the same activity you're doing. Eventually, you either change your habits of when you go. Not everybody can do that. Some people are locked more into a schedule and they can only go during peak times. But you might start to say, yeah, you know, maybe I'm not going to continue to do this trail thing. And, and we know that the industry, not just the bicycle industry, but everybody involved in, in um, anything that has to do with trails from sneakers to trekking poles to motos, uh, equestrian, you know, they, they don't want to lose any of these new customers at all. And as, as people that, that value happy, healthy communities, we don't want to lose them either. We want to see more and more people exercising. It addresses a lot of the situations in our country, the, the challenges with obesity, not, not only, you know, juvenile and childhood obesity, but, you know, adult challenges with that. And we all know the exercise is important and going to the gym is a great thing, but you got to be really disciplined because it seems like after a while, you are kind of on a treadmill, but those of us who, who are, you know, in, into trail-based recreation and fitness, we know how, how much more dynamic it is to, to ride a mountain bike or to trail run or even to hike in the outdoors and how you can be goal-oriented and you can pick an event or a trip or something. Um, you know, maybe you want to hike a section of the Pacific Crest Trail, but you live in, you know, Sheboygan or, or Cleveland or something, but that's your goal. You're going to go do it next summer. Just the fact that you're going to go do that might get you out the door hiking on your local trails day in and day out for, for your fitness. And there's those of us that think that, you know, if everybody in our country just hit the trails three times a week, we might have a little bit, uh, we might have a little bit more peace in our, in our country. People would be a little more content, but you know, that's, that's for other people to debate, I guess. Yeah. And a couple of times you hit it with the fact that we just have a lot of new users. And how do we educate these new users? You know, in the podcast that came out prior to what this one will be, that was a show recorded with Bryce Minnick. Bryce, he's the editor of Free Hub Magazine, former editor of Bike Magazine. When I was talking to Bryce, you know, he talked about e-bikers and, you know, he's not against e-bikes like most of us aren't. But you're, you're bringing a lot of times when people get into e-biking, they might not be coming in through the bike shop anymore. You know, with e-bikes being now marketed through motorcycle dealerships, they don't they don't get that same education that that a bike shop might provide with proper trail etiquette and proper trail use. And so getting this out, you know, is is really good. Yeah, yeah, there's no question about it. And and I guess that's where a lot of our conversations have been at is how do we do it? What tone do we take? Um, and then just to validate your point and Bryce's point, it's a re- it's a revolving door of new users. And it will be for all time because especially it's so great to see so many kids riding mountain bikes. So kids are getting into the sport. A lot of times if it's a NICA team uh, or a program, they're getting the, 
indoctrination to trail etiquette, but there's going to be plenty of them that are, if we have our way and we just start dropping bicycle, you know, related infrastructure all around the country, there's going to be a bike park right down the street or a bicycle playground from, you know, every family. And they're going to jump on a little bike and go down there and, and eventually hit the trails. They may not get that, that, that trail etiquette piece. So the way, the, the ways that we can reach them, you know, need to be, they need to be many and they need to be robust, but really what we, what we settled on, I think Bryce was probably talking about it too, was if you're, if you're finger wagging and, and rules and all that, it doesn't seem to resonate very well. So we're really trying to take a much, much softer approach with our language and, and much more suggestive and hopefully that, that it's a little bit more influential and it, it's taken to heart. But really our, our program begins and this was vetted through so many people kindness is how we're starting is, you know, because if you think about it, to truly be um, up to snuff on, on trail etiquette, particularly as a mountain biker or an equestrian or a, a dirt bike rider, that's, there's a, there's a bit of education there. It's not just a, you know, a couple minutes and you're good to go. So how do we start? If they're only going to remember one thing, what should they remember? Well, be kind, be nice out there, because as soon as you start to, you know, go off on people, then everything goes off the rails. Uh, the second one is be aware. Be aware of your surroundings. And if, you, if you're sticking your ear pods in and you can't hear all of a sudden, you're dishonoring the be aware part right out of the gate. At least keep one of those out or keep the volume turned down. You know, look around a little bit. Be aware of your surroundings. You're not the only person out there. We've all seen, you know, sort of that aloof person on the trails that's in there. And we understand you get into a zone and, and then that's how situations can happen. But if, you, if we can, that awareness piece is really important. And then the third piece is what we just call knowledge. And at that point, now you're really digging into what it is you do and not only what you do, but what you can expect to see on the trail. So as a trail runner, if at that point you would go to the Trails Are Common Ground website and you'd read about kindness and you'd go, okay, check that box. Awareness, okay, check that box. Knowledge, okay, I'm going to click here. I'm going to go to the ATRA website, American Trail Running Association, and it links to an etiquette page for trail runners and everything that you need to know. Um, about how to, you know, be the best trail runner you can possibly be is there, including how, how do you deal with mountain bikers and, and horses and what if there's motos and hikers? Uh, and so if each of us in our group eventually goes to that, that place and on, on the Trails Are Common Ground website under mountain biking, you'll see a link to IMBA, but you'll also see a link to state organizations too. And we really talk about that is there are nuances in different areas of the country and you should know what those are. So you know, for example, um, if you're in the southeastern United States, you'll go to the Sorba website. If you're in you know, Massachusetts or somewhere in New England besides Vermont, you'll go to the NEMBA, New England Mountain Bike Association website. Uh, so you can get some of that local flavor. Uh, and then hopefully, you, you know, you'll end up getting involved in, in local advocacy as well. But that knowledge piece is really important. And we can all use refreshers on it at times, but particularly for those new users, there's a lot to keep in mind. I mean, you think about being a mountain biker and as an experienced mountain biker, what are we doing a lot? We're riding a trail. We're looking at our lines. We're looking at roots, rocks, and all kinds of things. And we're scanning ahead to see if there's any other trail users ahead, you know, that, that we need to be aware of. And there's plenty of blind corners. Okay, if you're a new mountain biker, it's a handful just to be looking ahead, not, not even considering raising your vision every now and then to see what's coming up in front of you. I know you should be doing that, but it's it's challenging. So um, that knowledge piece, the experience piece, there's a lot to it. And the, the more we can spread that, that, those messages and, and the, that knowledge in a, in a positive, 
way that, that resonates with people. And when we're out on the trail and, and, you know, it's always hard when you see somebody doing the wrong thing, because sometimes your intent is really well and you're even nice and you, you, you say, hey, you know, you, you thought about and, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll be receptive to it. Other times they'll tell you to go pack sand. Uh, and then you feel silly, like, oh, I guess I'm not the trail police out here. Why should I even be concerned about this? But um, anyway, when we see certain things happening out there, depending on your personality type, you may or you may not, you know, interact with that person to try to help them see things through a different light. And we all know about the the, the overbearing sort of, you know, trail police types that, that can be out there at times, too. And, um, you know, the fast and dried rules aren't always the fast and dried rules, depending on where you are in the country. So there's a lot of nuance to it, but that awareness piece of being aware on the trail and then also just being aware that, that there's a lot more going on out there than, than just what you and, and your you know, shoes or your bicycle or your horse are doing and that everyone's going to have a better experience if, uh, if we're more in tune with that. One thing I didn't have in our topics that I've thought of since we've been talking is the horse piece. You know, I've, horse, the horse piece is one of those areas that if you don't live in a trail system that allows horses and then you go to a trail system that allows horses, you might not know how to act. What if you, I know out in the West where you live, you horses are a lot more prevalent than say where I live in the upper Midwest. What have you, what are some tips for people that come across the equestrian side of things? Well, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because that's really important. You know, you're not going to be surprised by a motorcycle, although now there are electric motorcycles that are silent that could surprise you. Horses are, are quiet and you can come up on them quickly. And the potential for, for danger is, is the most acute, I think, because you have uh, an animal that is easily spooked that can, that can turn into a bucking bronco and throw the rider. And the rider um, you know, can be injured or, or killed in some situation. So I know for me, whenever I, I mean, when I see an equestrian, it's an immediate stop, like stop. And then you stop. And you try to make communication. Obviously, if you're if you're catching up to them, it's a little trickier because you've got to get their attention from a ways behind them. But because if you roll up too quickly on a horse from behind and startle that horse, there's a good chance they're going to throw the rider. And um, so it's really tricky when you're overtaking horses from a, a, a safe distance. You almost, I think you can almost yell to them because that's not going to startle a horse. A human yell from behind, hey, you know, mountain bikes back here. What do you guys want us to do? Um, that's really where I go with it is stop. What do you want us to do? The, the common, the common um, thing to do is, is step off the trail with your bike to the downhill side of the trail and far enough down so that you can really get off the trail. But, um, you know, the side hill may not allow for that. The vegetation may not allow for that. But first and foremost is you stop, get the attention of the, of the rider, ask them how they want you to proceed and don't don't proceed until um, until they let you know. And there are a lot of, of equestrians out there whose horses are used to mountain bikes now. It's not like it was 20 or 30 years ago, but I still treat every single horse that I come by, every single horse and rider as if that horse has never seen a bicycle before. And just the, the, the sound of, of, of rolling a bike or, or, or pedaling the, the freewheel noise is enough to freak the horses right out. They're very skittish animals. And then when they do say, oh, you're good, you can, you can come on through, I'll, I'll continually talk to the horse and rider. And you feel silly because you're just you know, like, hey, horse, how's it going? You know, love the saddle. You know, but, but that's what they want. That calms them, the human voice. They're, they're, because we're so foreign to them if we're riding. 
because we're, we're fast, we're quiet, we, we're coasting, or we make our, that three-wheel sound, that zzzz, they're like, what the heck is that? So just I can't emphasize enough the importance of always being aware. And if you don't ride around horses, you know, notice little signs. Like if you see um, horse poop on the trail, you might go, oh, wow, there could be horses here if it's fresh. And I'm always looking for the fresh stuff because then you're like, oh, there's, you know, there's definitely going to be a horse potentially up the trail that I'm going to come across. Look for those signs. Um, look for true actual signs that say this trail is open to horses. And uh, it's a really important point. I'm glad you brought it up because we have that. We actually had animals all lumped into one into one category because animals are, are really, um, there's a lot there. So you got dogs and you've got dogs on leashes and off leashes. Um, you have trail dogs now with with mountain bikers, hikers, and trail runners. There's a lot of dogs out there just running, and you know most of them are well behaved. Um, you never know. I was just talking to a guy yesterday. His dog, oh, he's he's the best trail dog in the world until he sees a rabbit, and then he ran right in front of him and took him out. And now he's got you know busted up hand. Anyway, then there's there's wildlife. We always have to to honor wildlife, and in some areas that means honoring trail closures for for protection of wildlife habitat during certain times of the year. Very important when you see those wildlife closures um, that we honor those. And then, you know, when you do come across uh, different kinds of, of wildlife, not not startling them, not running them, giving them some space. Livestock is another big deal, depending on where you're at. Cattle in the West, you know, there's free range cattle everywhere. And, um, you know, they're, you might run into a, a, some, a group of cowboys working the cattle. And, you know, you might get discouraged by, you know, cow pies on the trail and cattle making holes in the trail and things like that. but I guarantee you they were running the cows on those public lands long before you were ever there and you sort of disrupting what the cowboys are trying to do is like them coming into your office on their horse and and rummaging around in there so you know try to have some empathy for for those kinds of things that you see on the trail that at first blush may seem you know to not really align with with your own values um, but they're very real circumstances that happen on the trail so anyway we pulled horses out of that group just because the horse and rider piece is so important and we gave it its own category and then um you know wildlife livestock and, and dogs are are kind of lumped together but um you know people will will understand what to do with those if they read about it and know about it there's a lot there's a lot to think about that you can encounter um when you're when you're out on your mountain bike ride or your run or your walk as part of the marketing with trails are common ground i noticed you guys have these uh toolkits you know, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. So people that may want to share your message can do that. Yeah. So if you go to the trails are common ground.org or.com, both of those will get you there and scroll down. You can access these toolkits and there's ready to go um, JPEGs for your Instagram uh, and some of your other social platforms. There's some language that you can use, but we also appreciate when people sort of, um, you know, do authentic content creation too. As long as it's, you know, as it aligns with what we're doing, I guess, um, you know, you always run the risk of someone doing something rogue. But, you know, the, the Trails Are Common Ground logo, we're really trying to position that as almost a good housekeeping seal of approval for safe and welcoming trails. I don't know if you've seen the Unity Blaze, but there's a, an organization called Black Folks Camp 2. And you can do a Google search and come up with that. It's a really cool website, great website. They created something called the Unity Blaze, and it's it's a logo of a campfire. And basically, it it's uh, it, it, it when you see it on a backpack, on a bumper sticker, uh, any place you see it, it tells you about either that place or those people that you know they're 
people that honor the principles of, of DE&I. And it's a welcoming sign to a lot of people. And we would really like Trails Are Common Ground. We'd like to position it as that in the trails world so that if an event, say, um, you know, if they rocked the Trails Are Common Ground logo, people of color would, would know that this is an event that I can go to that's going to be safe and welcoming. Uh, a trail system could, could utilize it. A parks and rec entity could, could embrace it. It could be a bumper sticker on a car. It could be a, a sticker on a bicycle. And it'd be great if we could get that to the point where when people saw that particular logo, they really, you know, it, it would have a number of meanings, but that would be the first one. And then also that, that you know, it's someone who's, who's kind, aware, and knowledgeable on the trail. And then the third piece would be potentially it's a trail system that has embraced some of the innovative planning and design techniques that that um, are at the forefront of, of that world right now. So that um, that toolkit is sort of the beginning. And again, we're at the very beginning of this. This is a if this is a marathon, we're at mile you know point two five right now. We have a long way to go. We really want to see trails our common ground be a thing in twenty five or fifty years and be that impactful to people and have that much of a sort of a reach that it has a lot more meaning. But the only way we're ever going to get there is if, if we start now. And, and uh, again, you know, we're, we're just, we're just chipping away, but we we're, we're, we're growing steadily and we think we're on the right track. Can we get better? Absolutely. Do we have all the answers? Definitely not, particularly on the DE and I side. So I would welcome anybody uh, if they can get my contact information from this podcast, who has suggestions for us or who wants to become involved in any aspect of this, please contact me. I'd love to hear from you. For sure. And we'll have all the, the links in the show for Trails Are Common Ground and, and everything else to, to get in contact with Trails Are Common Ground and yourself. Um, speaking of which, one of the things that it, ironically, this came up at our monthly board meeting for the local trail organization that I'm involved with just last Thursday. And they wanted to know, they had just heard of Trails Are Coming Ground. They didn't know that I had this interview with you already lined up, but they're like, how do we, be, how do we as an organization get aligned with Trails Are Coming Ground? So what is a good way for an organization to get aligned with you? Um, they can send me an email and um, let me know. And, and it's as simple as saying, we support this. And here's, here's our logo and here's the link we would like it to, to link to. And, you know, once every week or once every two weeks, we refresh our our page and you can get your your organization's logo up on the Trails Are Common Ground partners page. And if you go there, you'll you'll see you'll see organizations, you'll see brands, you'll see national organizations, you'll see local organizations. You know, we just want to populate that that page so that there's more logos on there than there are, you know, stars in the sky, which, you know, your logo will get kind of lost, but that's how um, we really create this groundswell of support. And then likewise, you can take that logo and you can put it on your website. Um, you know, small or large, and, and that just shows that uh, your organization is a, a supporter of the Trails Are Common Ground principles. And uh, we're going to see more and more of that. And, you know, we're working with some brands right now. It's just there's there's so many to get the word out. There's so many avenues and, and places we have to go that really it's not exclusionary at all. It's uh, it's very welcoming. And we want everybody who wants to be to be involved. And the simplest way is to just, you know, reach out to me for now. And um, I can I can direct your email on to uh, the folks that, that update the website and love to get as many logos on there as possible. And don't forget, you know, what you want us to link it to. That's important, too. 
Yeah, I know when I was looking at it, I saw everything from the AMA, the American Motorcyclist Association to local NICA leagues, you know, and so yeah. it's, it's pretty, it's pretty broad. You bet. And a lot of people don't know about it yet. They don't even know that that's an, op- an opportunity. Um, so we need to make that clear. Through the website, actually, you can even just, you know, that, that you can contact Trails Are Common Ground. And that's a good way to do it as well, is, uh, is you know, either contact me directly or, or, or even both, you know, copy both of us on that email. And we'll make sure that we get that in there. Yeah. And if it doesn't happen in, in three weeks or a month, hit us again, because it, it, there's no, it's not... If anything, it just fell through the cracks. It wasn't a matter of we don't want you there because we want everybody there. For sure. For sure. So to wrap this thing up, do you have anything you'd like to close with? No, just hopefully for, for listeners out there who um, don't know about Trails Are Common Ground, they'll take a look at it. And then just embracing those, those principles of, of kindness, awareness, and knowledge are really important. And, and even, you know, old curmudgeon experienced mountain bikers like you and I, we can shore up on our, our knowledge now and then and, and um, you know, remind ourselves about being kind out there um, when we feel like we're entitled to the trails, which we're absolutely not. So anyway, just encourage everybody to, to be their best person out on the trails and in life. And um, that's how we keep, keep the wheels on this thing. Awesome. Well, it definitely came at a, at a time where we needed it because I've, I don't remember a time where there's been this many users on trails. Yeah, and hopefully that's what we're up against. We just need we need more trails and more places for more people. And um, if more people use trails, I know that our country would be a little bit happier and definitely a healthier place. Yeah, for sure. Well, awesome, Dave. Thank you very much for taking the time once again to be on the Trail Effect podcast and help kind of spread the knowledge of what we're trying to accomplish here. You bet, Josh. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. Links for the various topics discussed in the show can be found in the show notes. If you like what you've heard, please take the time to share these shows with others. Sharing these shows will help create awareness of both the guests who have taken the time to be on the show and the podcast series itself. This podcast has been made possible by Mountain Bike Radio, Smith's Bike Shop in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and is an Evolution Trail Services production. If you have ideas on future communities or people to feature on Trail Effect, please don't hesitate to reach out by emailing evolutiontrails at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>